When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. All right, welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. I'm Dax Holt, joined by my good buddy Adam Glenn. How are you, my friend? I'm good. The weather is pretty decent right now in New York City, so I'm just trying to take advantage of the good weather. Um, so things are good. You know, I can't really, things are good. Busy week here. Good, good, good. Well, you know, I want to do something a little different today. We've never done an episode like this, but, um, you know, with the passing of Aaron Carter, it got me thinking that we had a really fantastic interview with him uh, a couple years ago back in May of 2020, and I want to just replay it, you know, and I, and I want to kind of give our feedback, tell the backstory, how you were able to book him what what really went down, kind of our thoughts on this interview, because it was a great interview, and I know there's a lot of people that have joined our podcast since that and probably have no idea that he was ever on, um, but there's a lot of just gems in this interview that I feel like we can talk about and give our backhand knowledge about, um, and so I think this could be a really interesting interview, or interesting episode, I mean. It's um, it's just a weird thing. Like, I guess, is this a this is I know we have had two guests that passed away. Larry mm-hmm. King, we we're one of Larry King's last interviews, and then Aaron Carter, and then have we had anybody else that passed away. We had um the autograph guy. Oh, that's right. One of our early episodes, we had a one of the biggest professional autographers, uh, this guy named Guy, um, who's like a legendary autographer, big dude, scary dude, who passed away uh, in the beginning of COVID. So it's um yeah, it's. Still come on the podcast, guys. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not jinxed. <laughs> we're going to kill you off. Yeah. But I mean, come on the podcast. We're not jinxed, but uh, <laughs> it's just weird. It's just eerie, but we want to just kind of, uh, Aaron uh, was an interesting guy, came on our podcast, and we're going to get into it before, I, we'll get into the whole Aaron Carter stuff before we get into him. Let's read, let's read some reviews. That's like a tongue twister. Read some reviews. Read, read some reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Just quick thank you to the people who have left them. This one comes from... Edurghu, I don't know how to say that name. Amazing show, amazing show, five stars. Thank you, quick and easy. Oh, I love that one. All right, what does this one say? Obviously, bias gave us five stars. I'm in. This show is great. I do hope there's some chiselers up in here. Adam is great too, but I like it. But like for a guy so handsome, you'd think he'd get his hair right for the photo. Anyway, love it. (laughs) I love it, Brian. This is definitely our friend Brian McDaniel. (laughs) Because he threw out chiselers, which was the the name of the guys or the people that would come and stop by my old Dax chat um, live stream on on. TMZ back in the day on YouTube. All right. Uh, what was this one? 
Last one comes from Cindy. Fun, real, and a blast to listen to. I'm so glad I found this podcast. I love going through their past interview podcast. There's so much there, even when you dig deep. They're hearing the things that you've never heard before. Love the Spencer Pratt interview. I've listened to it at least three times. Bring him back for more. Aw. You know what? Maybe we should bring Spencer Pratt back. We, uh... He's. I, would I love, love to have him back. We got to bring Heidi, Heidi on. Too. Yeah, we got to bring Heidi on. Heidi's. She's. She's actually come on eventually. So we got to get Heidi on too. But I, again, you know the reason why we. So let's get into today's episode. All right. Thank you guys for the reviews. By the way, the guests we want to have on this podcast are people that are just interesting or unique. It's not like we're chasing down like the the regular average Netflix or Bravo star. You know, we want someone who's gonna talk shit, but not like shit. I mean, talking trash about other people. We want to just explain how the business works like if we're at a bar like this is kind of me and Dax have these conversations with people like where it kind of breaks down the, the like how the how the industry works and we just kind of think you guys would like that too and that's why we had Aaron Carter on the podcast because you know we had him back what was it uh, Dax it was May 2020 May 2020 yep May 2020 we had Aaron Carter on and the reason why we had Aaron on is we just thought he would be someone just kind of be not filtered and it wasn't really necessarily about him as much it was more about the industry and kind of we wanted him to you know we felt in a conversation he'd be able to paint a picture of how the industry works and that's how like the guests we have aren't your average podcast guests you know we had like last week we had Steve Honig on who's a I don't think any podcast is having him on he's a no he's that was the first interview in general yeah he's done like, he doesn't sit down with ABC News. He sat down with us because I think he values kind of how we look at the industry. Yeah, and it's also we have people like Brooke Hogan on, which I know is not the biggest name where you guys are going to go crazy for or just like, oh, my God, there's Brooke Hogan. However, she's unique. She's interesting and has a great perspective on fame and celebrity and Hollywood. And she, was, and-, and she was friends with Aaron Carter. I don't know if you saw she did a whole post this week about what a great guy he was and she's going to miss him and she, they clearly had a good friendship. Yeah, and we aren't the average um, blind item podcast. I mean, I don't even think we are a blind item podcast. The stuff we like to talk about is more direct or more factual. Blind items for me personally kind of run me off. I feel like they're riddles that I can't figure out. However, I, I respect them. I understand there's a huge industry for them. I, 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 I for our podcast, and I love our friends that do it. Don't don't get us yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, we, do we more. love all the people that do it. That's just not our. It's not necessarily bread and butter. Yes, exactly. Just because in the industry we work on, it's kind of hard for us to kind of do be involved in blind items when we are actually journalists. And what we do is we do a Wednesday episode, which is an interview, and then on a Friday episode we do the top ten stories of the week. So now let's get back to Aaron Carter. So we thought Aaron Carter would be a really good interview. You know, and I just, I reach out to a lot of these celebrities via email, via Instagram. We don't have a booker uh, by any means. So, you know, the one thing that's good about having a blue check mark is that if I DM someone, it kind of goes to the top of their messages, their direct message. That's like the only perk of having a blue check mark. Um, Well, don't get used to it on Twitter. It's going away soon. I know. Well, that's going back and forth. But I, I think that's like the biggest perk, which, by the way, going to Blue Checkmark, you know, there, you know, Netflix is working on a documentary, apparently, that, you know, a lot of people were paying to get verified and they're kind of making mm-hmm. their, they're bullshitting their way to get verified. And actually, Instagram took away a lot of verifications. And apparently, someone in Miami got caught kind of paying out other people because mm-hmm. they're, 
getting people verified, and it's basically become like the new uh, Tinder Swiffler or whatever, you know, whatever that documentary Tinder was. Swindler. It's Twinder, Tinder Swindler about these people that are paying to get verified and how it all got cracked down. And yeah, but that, that's that, that's of that's the industry that's happening. Of course, that's happening. People find a lot of weight in those those blue check marks. And don't get me wrong, I was very excited when I got mine. Yeah, <laughs> listen, it's very beneficial but, in a work in a yeah. work reason people kind of look i run into be like oh my god blue checkmark guy i see you i'm like yeah it definitely <laughs> does help out but i reached out to aaron carter and i said aaron i would love for you to come on the podcast you know and i you know the message was just like we love to just kind of pick your brain and kind of it wasn't it was more giving him a platform rather being uh and yes was he in the news for some interesting stuff did he have an only fans where apparently he was getting naked on yes but it was it was more to understand where he was coming from. And I just didn't know what guy we were going to get. Would you say the same for you, Dex? No, I, I had no idea what. I didn't know if he was going to cancel on us six times. I didn't know if he was going to just be an asshole. Because we've had some big celebrities on here where the perception is one thing. They come on and you're really turned off by just their attitude or like, Why'd you come on if you're just going to be a dick the whole time? Yeah, right? dance with the like, stars. We've yeah, had that. Um, what? Who said that? Um, <laughs> but with Aaron, I was really like surprised. He was not only in a great mood, he was on time. He was crazy friendly, and you'll see, like throughout this whole interview, the guy is just a gem. You know what I'm saying? Like you may not agree with his stances on everything or any of that. But he he really genuinely came across as a nice human being. Yeah, we you know I didn't know what to. I message a lot of people about coming on the podcast. He got back to me right away and wrote me a nice message and was like, "Yeah, let's do it. How about this date?" You know, I gave him some options for dates. He picked a date and time. And a lot of times, Dex, I think you know we're both in this this boat where you know we don't know if the person's going to show up, especially on time. And there was two people yeah. that I think surprised both of us that they showed up. And we're on time was number one, Farrah Abraham. And number two was mm -hmm. Aaron Carter. And Aaron Carter picked up and he was on time. And we were excited to talk to him. It was the first time I actually ever met him. I never met him before, surprisingly. Um, and can I say in the, the post, he was able to, he helped promote the episode. He like championed us on. We became like email buddies with him. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was great. He was great. Really, Very cool. Really great. So we're going to actually, you know, we're going to replay this interview a little bit, parts of this interview, and we're going to kind of speak over it and, and give you our take on it, but also just kind of go back to uh, our conversation with Aaron Carter. Yeah, so Adam, if you need me to stop, just say, hey, pause it right now so that uh, I'll pause the video for us so we can uh, kind of chat about something. So, all right, guys, well, here it is. This is uh, literally from the beginning. What's up, man? How are you? What's up, guys? <laughs> I am... I am so excited right now, dude. Uh, this is Adam and I have been talking about this interview. Uh, we're, we're jacked. We're, we're big fans. We, I, I mean, shit. We, both of us working in the entertainment world for so long, I feel like we have kind of grown up with you and talked about you for ages. So it's really cool that you are now joining us on our podcast. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. It's cool. Yeah, you're definitely part of our childhood, a part of our careers. I mean, you know, when I was, you know, I'm a few years older than you, but, you know, obviously I know. From your music, you know, a platinum, 
artists. I mean, multi-platinum selling artists, you know, then seeing you as an actor and just seeing your transition over your life. It's kind of cool to do that. And the thing I respect about most is, you know, a lot of times we have people come on the podcast and they're, look at that, showing up the album. Albums. Hall of Fame. I love it. For, for got- people that are just listening right now, Aaron just uh, moved his camera so we could see all of it. I, I, it's I like showed, a song. I showed you 35 million sales. That's 35 million on the wall. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> was that? On the ground and I got to hang up other ones. It's just some Wait, like, go back over there. Let me see. Let me see. It's a little too tacky to have all your walls look like this, but yeah. uh, I mean, I don't, I don't. I mind. love it. I think it's cool, dude. I'd, I'd have that shit up too. It's like my, it's like my baseball trophies, you know? <laughs> cool, but, you know? I did that's, kick some ass, so. No, it, it's so cool. I know the cool part about having you on is it's refreshing to have someone like you because when you do interviews with a lot of people, especially when you do a publicist, first of all, we're dealing directly with Aaron when it came down to this interview. But then also a lot of times when there's interviews, a lot of times, especially when you do a publicist, they're going to say, don't ask about this. Don't ask about that. Ask me about that, this. But Aaron has been so cool and so real and said, listen, I'm, a open, I'm an open page. Ask me whatever you want. I'm free to talk about anything. So thank you for being so honest, and I appreciate that. And it's just very refreshing for us as interviewers, as journalists, to have someone who's just open about that. So thank you for that, man. I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, no, no problem. I, and you know what? I think, uh, I, I, think I, I set the bar for other people too because they, they, they start to realize that, you know, when they're just trying to paint a pretty picture, that it's just, you know, People can see when the oil, the oil's dripping, you know, on the canvas, and that's the discussion that we had. So, you yeah, know, uh, prior to this, and um, you know, that's I just I always like to be real no matter what because that's I don't, I don't know I just feel like I grew up in the industry, so being able to put out my shortcomings is a way to be able to be relatable. But at the same time, you know, I think it is important that people pay attention a little bit more to my accolades versus my shortcomings because. You know, I was able to uh, essentially pull myself out of the gutter a couple of times throughout my 20s. I mean, I went to rehab a couple of times and uh, finally got it right, you know. And then two and a half years later, here I am. I own my own house for the first time. You know, I have lots of assets. I'm I'm very comfortable. And, uh, you know, I'm working with other artists. I'm putting out other artists, you know, projects, signing them to my label. Exactly what, you know, I hoped would happen, you know. It's it's happening and it's, it's happening. You know, it's still gonna take a lot of work, and you know, a jack of all trades is a master of none. So I do like having a good team around me. You know, I have uh, publicists. I don't really like deal with publicists very well, because they always want to have some sort of phony narrative, you know, and some sort of like you know, hey, you know, everything's great. Like, and it's that's not how the cookie crumbles. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I was going to ask you, because you are one of the most honest people out there, do you feel that throughout the years your honesty has come back to bite you in the butt at all? Because you every say fucking time. Yeah. It's almost every, every time, dude. And every it's time. weird because I feel like America, that's what we want. We want people to be honest. We want them to say how raw and real their life is. And then at the same time, half the people then criticize them for being real and honest. And you know, it sucks because I'm sitting here and I'm like, damn, this, you know, going back and just reading about your life, like you've had some huge ups and you've had some big downs. And I, and I got to imagine that's hard to do in front of the public. It is, uh, but it's also, um, you know, um, there, there's a lot of humility behind it. So, and it's, and it's, it's humbling and it, it, it allows me to appreciate what I have and what I've worked hard for 
and not at, like not everything was necessarily just given to me, you know. And I, I, I might have started off that way, but then when I turned eighteen and my parents divorced and they're not my managers, I had to rebuild, and I had to you know figure out how to you know just be my true authentic self. And you know, it might be a little you know intense for people to to hear and like they, oh there's always drama and this and that, but at least I'm transparent and. I'm an honest human being, whether I'm in the in, in the right or in the wrong. And my main my main objective is, you know, sometimes I'm trolling people too. Like, you know, I like I am a master troll. So, and I, I dealt with so many people clickbaiting me last year that I was just like, I've had enough of all of. Dude, this makes me sad. Sorry, I had to pause it for a yeah. second. I just feel it's so so crazy that like the guy is so nice he's so nice <laughs> and what and like watching over this right now and like reliving it I, I i feel bad for him i feel bad that he had such a troubled life you know but like here's so the thing much the, shit that he went through he went through a lot of shit but did the trouble come from within or was it from external was it from his external environment or was it just from the mental in shoes going with it because here's the thing i took from just that you know the part we just talked about it was like he just had a very good understanding of the business and like again we just had steve honig on the on the podcast who's a legendary publicist he's like listen when i have a publicist you know they try to put their spin on it and he's like you know i try to be as real as possible and i think that's what attracts people but you know as honest as he gets it kind of hurts him more so it's just like how do you how do you balance that line of like, hey, I'm going to be as honest with you as possible because I think you guys love the honesty and yeah, I relate to honesty. people. But yet again, I get burned every time I'm being honest. So what exactly does the public want? How do I – what is the – you know, obviously the media loves the honesty. But how do you manage that line of of managing it all where you're able to move forward in a positive way? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to fast forward just a little bit here because he goes on talking about – trolling people and so I'm, I'm just going to skip forward we get to a question about um just how he's being compared to justin bieber a lot but how he kind of gets the shit end of the comparisons so um let's let's get up to here industry some people use you and they're like okay we're going to go after you but then some people because they're honesty they kind of put them on a higher pedestal you know and why do you think sometimes they come after you rather than, you know, just an example, like Justin Bieber for his mistakes. All of a sudden he does a mistake and we kind of praise him. But when it comes to you, they kind of go after you. That's a good question. You know, sometimes I, I wonder about that. And um, but sometimes there's a monopoly. So that goes on in the industry. So when there's two people that are kind of alike, like me and Justin Bieber, sometimes there's, you know, politics behind it where they want to keep one down to make the other one look better. So and essentially that's what a lot of people have tried to do with my career and is try to like boycott it and discredit me or keep me shelved so I can make another, you know, somebody else that I set the bar for, <laughs> you know, to uh, be superior to me so that, you know, look at the difference. You know what I mean? Like, um, like when I dropped my album, uh, Love the Love album, Billboard did an article on me and it, it was really nice, talked about, you know, all that stuff. And then the next week later, they do an interview with Aaron, Aaron Rosenberg, Justin Bieber's attorney, and the first one of the first questions was, "Is how did you get Aaron, or Justin Bieber to not turn out like Aaron Carter?" Wow. So, and then, you know, or I produced a record and I come back ten years or fifteen years later after not having music, and then people are trying to discredit me. Oh, you know, shows what good producers can do. Well, good thing I had a witty response for you. Well, good thing I'm the producer. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I was, and I was my whole thing. My, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I was just gonna say my whole thing was is like if if I, if I was gonna come back out, I wanted to be a true artist and do it myself, and not have everyone else do it for me. And if I failed, the failure was on me. But if I succeeded, it's all you. It's me. Yeah. And yeah. I, I could fi- I could be like, you know what, man, I did it. Like I I did the impossible. Like no matter what anybody said, dude. Before I did this music, and I had to release this music independently for people to see how popular I still am and how many fans I am because I got a million streams or three million streams in like a minute and broke the top 50 viral Spotify charts as soon as I released it independently and every label comes knocking on my door then. And I'm like, I remember all you guys in the last 10 years, like I've been coming to you with different music and nobody believed in me as a producer. Nobody believed in me and that that's okay because I'm a fire sign, I'm Sagittarius, so anybody that like, you know, wants to, you know, criticize or, or discredit me in any way, I take that and I turn that negative into a positive. I'm like, all right, cool. Keep telling me I suck at it and I'm gonna get better. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna pause. This was one thing that I feel like was a constant narrative in his life, was the the comparison to Justin Bieber. And I felt like it is true. The media does want to constantly pit people against each other, whether or not there is an actual beef there. You know, and I think you saw him constantly have to deal with that. And you could tell right when we asked that question, and if you're watching it on YouTube, you see his whole demeanor kind of change. Because he's like, all right, I, I got to talk Justin Bieber here, you know? <laughs> and I think it's probably a stressful topic for him because he was on top of the fucking world. Like, if you if you think back, the, his he was more successful than his, his older brother at, at one point. He was Justin Bieber before Justin Bieber. You know what I'm saying? So I think that topic is kind of a little bit sensitive, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah, it's... I wish I had an answer for, again, for you guys, for the audience, like why the media is goes against some people and then supports mm-hmm. some people. I wonder, I, I wish I had an answer to why those things happen, and I don't. You know, I don't understand the politics behind it. I don't understand the narrative behind it. And it's sad because Aaron Carter obviously came out years before Justin Bieber, but it was timing. You know, Aaron Carter, Aaron Carter came out before social media. Justin Bieber came out during the social media era. So the fans were able to kind of support each other and kind of come up together and start a community where Aaron Carter didn't have that community because there was no social media. And it's sad because Aaron Carter, it's just sad. It just sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, bottom line, it, it just sucks. sucks. Like, but the thing is, I don't know if there was a solution just because it was just a different generation. Yeah, and, and you know, besides the the Justin Bieber comparisons, I mean, he made he made a lot of news because of that. But the other big topic was family. So I'm gonna fast forward a little bit to where we start talking about his family because his family life, I think, is maybe the most documented thing in Aaron Carter's life. <laughs> like. Everyone was constantly talking about the family, the, the issues, the arrests, the all of that. And keep in mind, his sister passed away. I I, I feel like in a bathtub. Didn't she also die in a bathtub? Uh, I don't I think know. so. We, yeah, I think they found her in a bathtub, and uh, unfortunately, same with him now. And so, anyway, crazy. Obviously, that won't be in here. But um, let, let's jump into where things went south with with his family. Where did, where did that all start? Because I know that has been really highly documented, and all the blogs and everything that's gone down in the court. 
you know, like, where did things start to go south so much? Because it's, you guys were so close. You guys did your we're reality not, show. No, 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 Nick and I were never close. It just, it just looked don't like that? Twisted. Don't get it twisted, man. No, 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 it's all good. I mean, like, sorry, you know, because I have a little emotion about that. Yeah, like, of course. No, people think that my relationship started to go sour with my sister and my family last year. You guys are very wrong. Everyone, like, not you guys, but, like, everyone was very wrong. It went, it started going sour when... I started selling records mm. and my mom was with me all the time and there were, and I don't know if there was, you know, maybe, you know, some issues with my mom being with me all the time and not being with them, you know, on tour and, you know, me being the kind of like highlight from my mom and my dad because they never got a chance to manage the Backstreet Boys and my brother. So do you know what they did? In spite of that, they put me into the industry. I didn't choose music. It chose me. They put me into it. I was put into a music school when I was like six and seven years old, and I was I had a rock band called Dead End, and I was singing Nirvana, Bush, um, and like Glassjaw and like punk music and like you know like Tom Petty, and then I get catapulted, and all of a sudden, boom! Like I'm this little kid, and here I am jumping in the back of like my oh, like this thing is incredible like i like jumping in the back of my 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 mom made this for me like jumping in the back this was the first 250,000 units i sold and this this was in 1997 hmm. so 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 and, you're saying that it was started just like either jealousy that you were getting the attention from your family or just success when you had a sibling who was clearly very successful and you were starting to impede on that? Is that kind of what I'm getting out of it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've always looked up to my brother. So I always looked up to him vocally. I always looked up to him as big brother. Um, was he a tough big brother? Yes. Um, you know, he was he, he was a punk, <laughs> you know, and some little brothers, that's a, that's a typical story, you know, that's cool. But like, you know, I grew up and and um, it's, you know, I don't know. You know, my, my my brother kind of feels, I think, entitled that uh, for the responsibility of my career because I was I opened up for the Backstreet Boys. Um, my the I did Crush on You, my first single, and I went and opened up for the Backstreet Boys in Germany in front of fifty thousand. First time I ever performed was in front of fifty fifty two thousand people at an open air concert in Germany. And got myself ready for that, and then I got signed to a record label the next day. Yeah, you got you did that huge concert, and that's when you got the deal right after you did that one song with Edo Records, and that album was done with Lou Pearlman. Yeah, the guy you know that did all the stuff, and um, you know I actually got some pretty cool news, Jason. Dead. All right, so I'm going to pause right there. All right, then my first um, question to you is this. Obviously, he gets into his brother and his relationship with his brother saying, let me get it right. My relationship with my brother was never that great. Here's what I got to ask you. Do you believe him? That the relationship was never great? Yeah, do you believe, like, because they had a reality show together. We saw him on TV. They're always great. But do you think there was some animosity between him and his brother i mean we saw that after right during like later on in his life like towards uh... I, I mean i i wouldn't be surprised if there was some issue with success you know and maybe both ways i think 
you know, it was probably hard for Aaron to watch his big brother become a mega star around the world. And I think probably reversely, it was probably hard for Nick to see Aaron become a mega star and almost outshine him at a certain point. I did want to read, I don't know if you saw it, but Nick Carter's um, post that he did about his brother passing away, because I think a lot of people were waiting for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and read it right now. So Nick posted on Instagram. He said, my heart is broken. Even though my brother and I have had a complicated relationship, my love for him has never, ever faded. I have always held on to the hope that he would somehow, someday, want to walk a healthy path and eventually find the help that he so desperately needed. Sometimes we want to blame someone or something for a loss. But the truth is that addiction and mental illness is the real villain here. I will miss my brother more than anyone will ever know. I love you, Chiz. Now you can finally have that peace you could never find here on earth. God, please take care of my baby brother. Can I say that is a great statement. I mean, honestly, for a statement to be released to the public and something to put out there, rather than the average sort of PR sort of angle that people do where they say, hey, respect our privacy. I think it was just a very heartfelt, nice I thought it was great. I thought it was a great message. Mm-hmm. Bravo. No, he did, he did a good job. And I think that he addressed the elephant in the room. Because I think if he just said, love you, miss you, bye. You know, like people have been like, you guys didn't have a great relationship. Like, don't pretend like you did. And so acknowledging that there was a lot of issues between the two of them for many, many years. But at the end of the day, it's still his brother. You know, and so I just thought that was a really good statement and whether or not it's, you know, it's his perspective. I think Aaron had a very different perspective of their their relationship and they're both entitled to that. So, yeah, um, let's move on to I'm going to fast forward this a little bit. We got into his love life a little bit. Him and Melanie were just at this time back in 2020. We're like nonstop in the news, like them fighting, arguing arrests, like all kinds of crazy shit. So we got into that at a certain point. So I'm going to fast forward here up to 2155. All right, let's get some, some crazy stuff going on right now. I was going to so. say your your love life has kind of been covered a lot lately with your a relationship lot, with like, ridiculously, right? Like, it's it's like, it's, it's all over the news. Like and, I live 70 miles outside of L.A. and they're getting everyday paparazzi here. Well, so that's the thing. So, you know, what 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 happened with I know you and Melanie obviously had a pretty up and down relationship. There was a lot of covered in the news with her getting arrested for domestic violence. She's saying, well, you guys coming out saying that she was pregnant and then you were together. Then you're not together. Like what what is the the real story? What what's happening with you guys done? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's you know, you you can't keep uh you can't keep repeating the same thing, trying to, you know, you know, the definition of insanity, as everybody knows. And I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to say anything ill. Um, what, uh, like, do I have, uh, am I upset? Of course. Uh, do I feel taken advantage of? Absolutely. Um, I felt like I was with somebody that didn't look me in my eyes, didn't communicate, didn't, wasn't real, wasn't organic, was doing things behind my back that she shouldn't have been doing, making promises she couldn't keep. You know what I mean? And then me forgiving and then trying to move on, giving a second chance and then second chance failed. All right. So after the arrest and all that stuff, like the second chance and that second chance failed because it was the same shit, different toilet. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, like try to convince the world, you know, that try to prove the world something when I'm already innocent. Like I, you know, not a, I'm not a cheater. Have I cheated before? Absolutely. But I didn't cheat. 
<laughs> I am not a cheater. You know what I mean? So like, well, my my, my question is like me being a father. I know that it's it's tough to bring kids in the world. Are you nervous that it's going to be tough because of your situation with her being a father, but maybe not necessarily getting along with someone? Because she is posting a lot online about being heartbroken and I feel like blaming and all this stuff. Do you feel like that is a hard situation to bring a kid into the world? I'm going to make a great father regardless of the situation. That's so, a good answer. Uh, uh, and, you know, that's kind of where, you know, that's pretty much like Forrest Gump said. That's all I got, that's all I got to say about that, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I might not be a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you excited to be there? I stand like Forrest Gump like this too and say, I'm not a smart man, but I do know what love is. Well, Jenny, I'll walk away from Jenny, okay? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not... I'm not going to keep chasing after Jenny my whole life. Sorry, you, Forrest. You, I love you, you but you, not so much. <laughs> are you excited to be I, a dad? Like I said, I'll make a, a great father. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, like, if that's <laughs> the actual situation, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see in, uh, you know, however long. Are you, know, you worried that that's not the actual situation? Uh, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, that answer should give you an inkling. All right. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So is that is that kind of what gives you fear? Is that what gives you fear that you think that possibly that you might not be the father? That there could be someone else involved? <laughs> you are not the father. Well, no. I I was taking it. Is she not even pregnant? Um. Well. Is I mean, that to stay in the picture to keep you in the picture? I mean that that plot that 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 picture is out. Yeah. Interesting. The jury. The jury is still deliberating. <laughs> <laughs> the jury is still yeah. They are still uh, you know in their quarters and waiting for, to, to you know find me in contempt of court again. Mm. So. Oh. I'm Dude, I'm, I'm pausing it. <laughs> he's such a funny he guy. Fun, he's a funny, fun guy. Like he's like I, I enjoy his company. Um, but <laughs> even I would say we're this. We were talking about his current relationship. But how about, uh, like besides this relationship, he's been with a lot of pretty big women earlier in their career. Lindsay Lohan, Hillary Duff. Like, uh, it's just wild. He was it, the it guy for a long time. He was. He was. I mean, he was a coxman. Um. It's uh, Coxman, but uh, but then it goes into this relationship, which made a lot of news. It, it, it's just it's sad because, listen, did he have demons? You know, from what we're hearing, we don't know personally because we didn't see it. But from what we're hearing for from his inner circle, yes. Well, we know he did rehab numerous yeah. times. He so he definitely had demons. Yes, um, but when he talked to him, it's just like. You, you know, you, you kind of fall for it in some ways, which a lot of times when people have those kind of issues, like they're good at, you know, putting up a front or making you believe something else. And you really don't realize how bad those demons or issues are because it's just. Well, you know what? We actually got into whether or not he was sober. Currently, right now, you are sober. Absolutely. I mean, I, how I, long have you I, been sober I, for? That's all what you define as sober. Do I smoke weed? Yeah. Do I have a little bit of uh, uh, red wine here and there? Yeah. Um, I smoke weed every day, <laughs> but yeah. I'm an advocate for weed. 
I think that it's helped me get off of what I went to rehab for, and it, and it, and it it's helped me have a, a, a balance. So, sure. you know, um, my vice is like cigarettes, um, coffee, and trying to switch up to green tea, green tea matcha instead, so it's healthy caffeine. Like, you know, I'm trying to just take the steps to 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 move, you know, to keep that sobriety up because I went to rehab for huffing. Yeah. So that's what I went to rehab. And I hit it from the public. I'm so embarrassed. I was like, this is this is this is so embarrassing. Like, this is like, <laughs> like equivalent to somebody who does smoke crack or does you know, it's no different. It was horrible. It was it was horrible for me. I was in, I was in hell. How did you get into that? Because I've always like I've I've seen documentaries on people that do that, and I'm always interested to see like. How, how did that come about? That, that crazy ass girl on intervention, yeah. Uh, Carrie Ann, uh, what was her name? Uh, Paniche, Carrie Ann Paniche? Paniche? Oh, that's my ex. Yeah, I Yeah, no, I thought that was she the one who got you in, or before that, like. Or, no, 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 I got I got into that um, when I was like sixteen in Florida, just being adolescent kids. Like that was it was one of my siblings that got me into it. Wow. So and then some fucking wag found a way to be addicted to him. I'm like what and I'm like what the hell am I doing and then the only person that was helping me was my manager Jason who's also my best friend well he's the only person like dude you're going to rehab and I'm like no yeah. I'm screaming like oh. and finding me in bushes and all kinds of weird shit dude like like I put people through hell and I apologize to everybody that like you know I don't I'm not a believer in all the 12 steps but you know making amends you know and you know for your shortcomings to your you know the people that you've hurt, like those steps, I, I, I agree with. So, and, you know, so, so anybody that I did hurt, you know, through those processes, I'm sorry that, you know, I did hurt you, but it is a disease and it's something I have to maintain on a daily basis. And, you know, you can tell when someone's using when, you, when they're not, you know, you can, by the way they talk, by the way they, you know, they're able to interact with you, keep up with what you're saying. Like I, I can go on, but I can also go right back to where the start is of what you guys were saying. Sure. sure. Is it, how many people do you feel because you're so honest will blame you and say, oh, well, he must be on something because he's so honest because he says things that most people wouldn't say when they're sober. Well, well it puts it. Well, when you do that, when, when you're constantly trying to prove yourself, like what I've been doing, it makes you look guilty. Yeah. It makes you look guilty. So I'm, I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I have nothing to prove to you guys anymore. Like, I've done it already. For 23 years, I've given my life to entertain and please people, and I love it. I love it, and I'm great at it. I got great at it because I had a vengeance and a vendetta to be like, I'm going to be the greatest. Michael Jackson did not give me his jacket and say, you are, when I pass away, you are the king of pop for no reason. I broke his Guinness Book of World Records with that first album I just showed you for being the youngest male solo artist to have four consecutive singles in the top 10 billboard charts at the same time. I beat Michael Jackson's record. And one of the songs was one of his old records when he was young, One Bad Apple. So, and he found out about that. And then boom, he knew about me. Next thing I know, I'm nine years old, you know, hanging out with Diana Ross and Michael Jackson in Paris for Christmas, you know, hanging out with Evan, skating and, you know, and then years later, he asks, you know, me and my brother to come in to do a charity song called What More Can I Give? Uh, so tell me what more can I give? So it was like it was a beautiful song. It's like you know, one one of his, you know, and he brought in like Luther Vandross, Celine Dion, <laughs> uh, Usher, my, me and my brother, and like that was it, Beyonce, and like and insane, 
and that was it. And but I got to be a part of that. But I, Michael, saw a lot of himself in me. A lot of the family. He even told me, sat down. It's like, dude. He's like, be careful. Your family is a lot like my family, and I don't want you to end up like, you know, with no family and feeling like because that's what's gonna happen. You gotta understand, Michael was the youngest of his family too. When he came out, when he came out with an album, you know, and it's like me last year when I came out, I'm like, yo, hold up, you ain't gonna test me, you ain't gonna do this. Everybody started attack attacking me. When Michael Jackson came out with like, he came out with Off the Wall first, right? Okay, I'm gonna pause it. I don't remember this part of our conversation, but really fascinating. Like, I I don't remember him having a friendship with Michael. Like, I I don't know, that just escaped my memory here. But now looking back and he's no longer with us, even more fascinating of an interview, really. Yeah. I don't know, the correlation, the connection between the two of them. It's um, it's just, it makes you just kind of think about what kind of star they were, for me at least. This is from my perspective. It makes you think about what kind of star they were during their era. Like, for example, the Backstreet Boys, they came up during the TRL level. You know, T- TRL, Total Request Live MTV, that era. So I just remember seeing T- the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC at TRL above Times Square, and there's thousands of fans took over Times Square. And now you see the Backstreet Boys, and they're just doing, like, Good Morning America. There's not crazy fans. there. Like, there's fans there. And you see now B – what's that group? The, what's the um, – BTS? BTS and BTS fans are just going crazy, but they also have a crazy fan base on the internet where if you get a BTS video, like people go nuts for them. So Aaron mm-hmm. Carter again was just this guy that we didn't see what he was doing at his time, like during his peak. Like here he is hanging out with the biggest stars in the world, whereas because there was no social media, it was just more private. Where now, let's just say, you know, Post Malone backstage at his concert has everyone coming to go see him. And we see it because of social media where we didn't realize all the accomplishments and the people that were hanging with Aaron Carter because there was no social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a legit star. People wanted legit, to be around massive him. Massive star. People wanted to like, be around when, them. They, when they, you have Michael Jackson inviting you to, to partake in a group singing session and there's five people there, Beyonce, Celine, like, <laughs> it's nuts, man. Yeah. Really, really crazy. Um, I, I remember one of the questions that we got into that I thought was really interesting because, again, at when we had Aaron on, it was right after he got that that big face tattoo, like the big, big one, not the one over his eyebrow that was a little smaller, but like the one that took up half the side of his left face. And I remember being really anxious to see what his answer is like. You know, what is the thought process behind putting a big tattoo across your, your face that's so visible? So I'm going to fast forward I, I, to us talking I about think, that. by the way, when you get the face tattoo, that's the first, like, hey, something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I was like, dude, really? Like, th- Well, I, even if there's nothing going wrong, getting a giant face tattoo, yeah. people are going to say, what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. Let me play this one. Yeah. So, and, and it was somebody that didn't love me. And that's why I got I got the neck tat first. So this came from that one. Well, you know what, dude? Okay. Actually, it came from another guy. Now getting into the tattoo, it's crazy because there's so much stuff to talk. You're such an interesting dude, and I really respect your honesty. Again, you know, when people start to see the face tattoos, which you know happened in the past few years, people start to think, "Oh my God, Aaron Aaron Carter is really now he's gone, lost it." What were your thoughts? You know, when you started getting the face tattoos, what was your reaction? Like, did you? 
did you think how people were going to respond doing it or what made you decide to get the face tattoos? You know what? I've always talked about getting face tattoos and honestly, like I, I always get tattoos knowing <laughs> the intention that I can get them removed if I want. <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're not permanent like everyone says. But at the same time, I, my, my tattoos, they started off because I was such a little kid, like, like, like scrawny little kid growing up. I started getting tattoos all over me to like make me look like I'm tough. <laughs> so I, like so like people wouldn't like mess with me like and they and they stopped and then I just I started getting into like my body being a canvas. You know, I have my piano here so that's like I have a microphone here and like piano here, microphone here like, you know, so stuff that like signifies me and then I have the two the two doves basically looking for each other through my music. So that's like, you know, I'm trying to find the love my life through that music you know so but it, it's also it's something that so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Sagittarius but I'm a double cancer moon so which means that I am a very very extroverted but I'm also um, I'll, I'll I put up very very big defense mechanisms such as the Medusa on my face the Medusa on me means don't look at me the wrong way or this bitch is gonna t look you in the eye and turn you into stone motherfucker <laughs> okay that's what that means. That means stop clickbaiting me, okay? Because I'm gonna turn you to stone. I'm either gonna sue you or I'm gonna clickbait the shit out of you and make ruin your rooms, blogs, reputations. So, like, I will tear them down, single-handedly. Okay, I'm gonna pause. I thought his answer was crazy honest, which was a defense mechanism. The I got a tattoo on my face to make me look tougher like i didn't expect that answer you know what i'm saying and for him to be so honest about it is yeah like i just wanted to look tougher i was this teenage singer that got crazy successful but no one's gonna take you serious just like justin bieber like people weren't taking him serious until he started covering his body with tattoos and making himself look tougher aaron did the same thing he just got one on his fucking face you know what a lot of people do that a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, we see Post Malone, we see a lot of rappers do that now, the tattoos on their face, and I got to be honest, when you see someone do that, it's like, man, they're really kind of going in on being cool, like they're, they're dead, they're, they're risking it all to be cool, and some people make it cool, and he did it, and it was a ballsy move, but it's like, hey, like fuck it, I'm double downing on this entertainment industry, and face tattoos are sort of in. Would I get one? Absolutely not. Do I think they're going to stay in? <laughs> but I, I, I get it from a entertainment PR angle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's wild. But you're right. When you asked him, like you said, that was the moment people were like, oh, Aaron's gone crazy. And he's like, no, I'm not crazy. I literally wanted a face tattoo and I wanted to look tough. Anyway. Just thought that was a really interesting part of this interview, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward because OnlyFans became another big topic because he was one of the first, I would say, celebrities, right? Like legit celebrity to go onto OnlyFans and start up an account, um, and it was kind of surprising. Whereas there a lot of other people that were on OnlyFans were models or people that were trying to get a name out there he was one of the first celebrities to go start male stripping, so we got in what is it male and again male. Uh, and, and what i'll say let's play the clip and then i'm going to talk about this real quick well i want to ask you something that's making a lot of talk on the internet right now 
and uh, your OnlyFans. Uh, and a lot of people are doing that. People are making a lot of money during quarantine right now. They're copying me. I started it. And next thing you know, boom, 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 right after me. I did this side pose on my album, The Love album, two years ago. Have you seen Justin Bieber's new cover? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> 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 How is the OnlyFans experience for you so far? You know, I you know I I see a lot of females doing it because I notice them, but the you're you know you're one of the males that I know that are doing it. How is the experience for you doing OnlyFans? You know, the, they're really cool. They're, it's 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 a really uh, tight niche like fan base. You know what I mean? Really exclusive fans. Um, and you know, it, I have a lot of fun on it. You know, I'm it's but it's I like to do classy type of shots too. You know, elegant things. You know. You know, elegant, like teasing stuff or, you know, new uh, like nudes for people that are like want like special stuff just for them. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how it goes. And and, you know, it's a very it's it's a, a very fun, um, like little like side thing to do. You know, I put pictures up just like I would like a selfie, you know, like on Instagram. But instead of I do stuff like that on OnlyFans, but I take it a little further, you know, so um, I can't get my oh. oh only fans deleted. I can get my my Instagram deleted. <laughs> so so you sorry because I, mean? like, I don't know I don't know enough about OnlyFans. Is it is it really just put like racy photos or like what exactly is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's all about it's all about the you know the kinky fun like sexy you know body like here's my body and I'm not afraid of of what I am you know. But being a celeb, are you nervous that like those photos will then leak out because it won't just? They're be the leaking fan? everywhere, but I'm shutting them all down. I'm suing everybody that's that's leaking them. All of them are getting in trouble, so, so they're leaking, they're leaking them everywhere. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that if you don't subscribe to the account, you're not gonna get you're not you you'll get one or two leaked photos, but you're not gonna get the full like everything. Like I, my subscription members get something all the time. I you know I'm I'm very interactive with my fans and their messages and you know. Like sometimes they get a little too kinky. I'm like, eh, you know, I, can, I, I can do, I can't do that. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What's the craziest request you've gotten on OnlyFans? Oh, dude, you don't even want to know. No, we do want to know. <laughs> <laughs> they love my feet. They love my feet. Like the soles of my feet. Like it's like a, a top seller. Feet worship, really? big thing. Dax told me about that. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what is these? Like, I don't know. I I don't have the foot fetish thing, so I don't get it. Do you do you? What's the ratio? Do you have more guys or more girls as on your OnlyFans account? Um, it's more guys. More guys. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes it like the foot fetish thing. I could see that. Interesting. Yeah, and then you show you show Wang, you show penis. That's uh, you know, you're you're comfortable with that, man. The doorbell guys rings. like ding dong. <laughs> do you but do you you know something like that though do you think even when you do an only fans and you show your fucking penis do you think you know do you think that kind of takes away from people taking you serious you know like oh i'm gonna or it's just like no fuck it i'm just having fun with it absolutely not because no dick pics were ever released of me ever or nothing like that in my life so i feel like it's a classy way of doing it and your shots are classy I mean, Dax told me about them. Like, if they're sexy about them, they're, you know. Yeah, gotta, no, gotta, I mean, they're, 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 they're adult, they're artistic. They're artistic, you know, like a MIDI keyboard on, you know, like, just like, you know, like. Yeah. My element, playing the guitar naked, like, you know what I mean? Huh? All right, I'm going to A lot of penis. Oh, man. What is it? A lot of penis. A lot of penis on his OnlyFans page. But, um. <laughs> I don't know. He's a fun conversation. I, 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 and it's, he's ballsy. 
<laughs> right? I mean, he's nude, <laughs> yeah, he's ballsy. Absolutely. But I will say he uh, was one of the first celebrities to kind of go on OnlyFans. As far, you know, I, I'm, it's just I don't know the people offhand, but he was. You know, now we see a lot of celebrities that are on OnlyFans, but he was one of the first people. And know what? In some ways, he was laughing to the bank because he was making a lot of money. He was making a ton of. money. He's making a ton Especially of money. Being one of the first pioneers on there, like. Getting grandfathered in before OnlyFans really got super popular. I mean, I, I've seen people making just crazy money on that site. Yeah, he made a lot of money. He was very open about it. Again, honesty. He was like, fuck it. I'm going to just show my penis. And know what? I can't be mad at it. Like, he's just doing his thing. Like, he's he's yeah. doing his thing. And I, I, I respect it. Because at the end of the day, it's a business. And he's... At the end of the day... The audience is getting played because they're the ones paying the money to see that. He's like, hey, I'm just giving you guys what you want, but you guys are funding me. Exactly. All right. And then uh, the last topic that we really got into was whether or not he thinks he could end up having that positive relationship with his family. So um, that'll be kind of, I think, the last clip that we'll end up playing from this interview. They're artistic. They're artistic, you know, like a midi key. To keep that to myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. Um, during quarantine, you know, a lot of people have time to think and process. People have kind of been alone. Now that you've been quarantined for so long, do you think, like, have you have time to reflect on your your relationship with your siblings, well, your your brother and your family? Do you think that maybe, do you feel confident that it could kind of go get to a really good place and a good medium for the both of you guys and just kind of build the relationship going forward? I've been quarantining myself from them for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like, I, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. I've been quarantining myself from them for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, no joke. So, like, the, the relationship with them is just peculiar. It's off. You know what I mean? Just be cool, guys. That's all I ask my siblings. Just yeah. Know, like, stop. Don't don't make up a bunch of cockamamie bullshit about me because you know who I am. You know I'm your little brother. So just love me unconditionally, and and don't file restraining orders against me. You know, but they did what they had to do. So, but it doesn't matter because in a few months I'm gonna get my guts back, and then everyone's gonna move on with their, their lives, and I'm gonna get my way, and they didn't get their way. So yeah. Do you, what about this? What about his kids though? Like your nephew? You know your, you know your niece and nephews. Do you feel like uh, seen my nephew one time? Okay, and I've only seen Nick twice in the last ten years. So and then last year I was like babysitting my sister, my twin sister's new baby, and there's pictures of me on the couch with the baby, like, dude. And then they they come out with like a, my brother comes out with a statement saying you know blah 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 whatever like you know I'm afraid we're afraid and Aaron's dangerous and he has guns and then like you know he, he got his wife on the other on the other on the other hand like you know in gun ranges and and talking about they support guns but then Nick saying don't support guns it's like make up your mind guys like you guys got fucking 38 specials in your drawers like. Don't even don't even come at me like the wrong way. Like I have have every right for the Second Amendment. Our dad was a military policeman father. I was raised with guns properly. You know what I mean? So like and so like I am a believer in the Second Amendment, but it's not even about that. Like it's just about like, you know, like I love them and, and that's it. I'm gonna keep it cool. I love them. You know what I mean? Am I uh, hurt and dis is it disheartening what um you know, I've been put through, of course, but that's not going to ever change the fact that I love them. And, you know, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. All right. That's where I'm going to pause it. I think that 
that was a really interesting statement right there. You know, just uh, he's disheartened. He loves them, disheartened, but uh, you know, the love is never going to change. Forgiveness is divine. I hope that he passed away with that love in his heart for his family because I feel like that is a really tough thing for a family to go through. If you never had that closure, you never had that peace, and now he's gone. I hope they had something. Yeah, I, again, I think, you know, as we're wrapping up this interview, I just want people to realize, yeah, like he had his struggles, but I also want people to, you know, show, just have a little bit of appreciation to be like, man, this guy wasn't just a tabloid celebrity. Like he was a guy who was doing a lot of crazy, awesome things. Like he was an interesting, very unique guy. And I don't think people even kind of gave him his credibility that it deserved because I think the stuff that happened later in his career towards the end of his career kind of outshined the stuff that he did during his career you know and oh, we see that we see we see that with Britney we've seen that with Amanda Bynes Lindsay Lohan like the tabloid stuff gets more attention than the success does and people like talking the shit and so you start to forget about how talented or how successful someone was because everything else becomes more salacious and more entertaining. Yeah, and it's funny. I was talking to someone uh, yesterday about the news uh, circuit. And at the end of the day, news is a business. You know, it's the news business. They're not there to kind of really give you, you know, they're there to kind of throw gas and stuff and make clickbait, as you guys know, is a hot word, and get you to tune in. And people were very invested in the downfall of Aaron Carter, you know, and the storyline that was going on with him. It was just never-ending, and... To be honest, it didn't really help out with his, you know, from what I, I take away from his mental health. Like it was just, and also hurt the family, you know, it, it, it affected Nick and his relationship with his yeah. brother. So it's just sad. But, you know, again, I look back at Aaron Carter and I'm like, man, it's, it's, a, it's just a really tough situation. But he was just a really cool guy. And I'm very appreciative. He gave us his time. This was a long interview, but again, he showed up on time. He was, you know, he wanted to be candid. He like, that's what he wanted to. And he was, he was just, he was cool. Yeah. And I would say, you know, obviously we, we picked and kind of fast forwarded certain segments. This this is um, an hour long interview with him. The whole interview is fantastic. If you do want to go back and listen to it without our voices in it, by all means, please do. Um, it's just, a lot of gems we couldn't get to uh, today, um, but I, I do really look back fondly at this whole interview with him. And, you know, shit, man. Rest Stuff. in peace, Aaron Carter. Crazy yeah. that uh, we're even having to talk about this today. Yeah, but uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, shout out to everyone in our private Facebook group, Off the Record. You know, you guys asking questions is great. I love to see the conversation even more that you guys have with each other because I'm learning about things that's trending or stuff and news stories. Like I feel like it's a cool community of us kind of breaking stories, talking about stories, but also finding out like it's, it's become my own like little entertainment news feed, which is really cool. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Hollywood, at Hollywood raw pod. We're on TikTok, uh, Twitter. We're on it all. Find me at, at Adam Glenn, find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt. Thank you guys for listening. Leave a review. We'll see you guys later. A Huda Media Production.